What's up, party people? DJ Insomni here. Welcome to Mixology Radio. Uh, for this month, we are actually not going to be doing a mix. Um, I was just trying to put together something great for you guys, but unfortunately, the music is kind of whack right now. Some of the mashups out there are kind of whack, and you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist. I'm not trying to put out something bad for you guys to listen to. And you know, since we have so many thousands of subscribers now on this podcast, I figured, hey, you know what? We got this amazing event going on every month now. It's called Turntable Talk. Let me talk to everybody about it. You know, maybe some of you who haven't had a chance to attend the event yet. Um, let me give you some insight as to what it is, why I'm doing it, and uh, what the ultimate goal is for the event. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And before we get started, I want to give a big, big shout out to everybody who attended the last two events. Um, this past Sunday was Bananas. Uh, we doubled our turnout and we raised over $800 for the American Heart Association, which is a charity that our guest speaker, DJ Shilpa, chose. Um, and we're super proud of that. We're hoping to even double that number next month. Uh, I had my man JRK open up the spot with some great hip hop. It was awesome. We had AVS in the building recording everything and covering the event. They're going to be doing a segment on it this weekend. Um, so definitely check that out. If you have AVS in your area, uh, just set those DVRs and, you know, get ready and check it out and support, uh, watch their channel. It's awesome. I mean, I grew up watching AVS all these years and to actually have them come and support our event and do a whole segment on it and interview some of the DJs as well as myself. Um, it means the world to me and I got to give a big thanks to Roger Sethi for coming through. I got on the phone with him and he was totally on board from the first phone call. He understood our concept. He understood what we we're trying to do. And, um, you know, he's like, count me in. No problem. Let's, let's make this happen. So shout out to Roger. Shout out to everybody at AVS for coming through. Um, so turntable talk, let's talk about it. Right. A few months ago, I put up a status or like an Instagram story about, you know, just randomly asking guys like, hey, like what, you know, what DJs would be interested in an open turntable night? And, you know, for years I've heard about open mic nights and actually I, I attended an open turntable night uh, for like, you know, Latin DJs, right? Like there's this guy, Fat Fingers out of New York City who hosted this thing called Turntable Tuesdays. So... I attended one of those and I was like, yo, this is dope. It's cool. But it was kind of like an unpolished uh, event. But what was so dope about it was that, you know, like it, it, it brought together a community of DJs on a random night and everybody got a, you know, a few minutes to spin and do their thing. And there was no like it wasn't a competition, right? It wasn't a battle. It's just guys getting together, jamming out. And it just reminded me a lot of my early days of DJing where, you know, we would go over each other's houses and we just, you know, go record for record. Like back then it was all vinyl records. So we would literally go and just spin record for record, uh, you know, in our basements and just jam out and try to like one up one another and try to like showcase like the latest scratch that we learned or, you know, a little trick mix that we, you know, kind of picked up at a, at a party or something, you know, so um, doing that event reminded me of those old days. And, you know, a lot of the foundation that I have now was was, you know, kind of established back then by doing those basement jam sessions with other DJs and just networking and getting along and getting exposed to what other people are doing, you know, like 
in our South Asian community specifically, a lot of us, I would say, are mostly wedding DJs. And because we're mostly wedding DJs, we're just surrounded by each other, like our own crews, right? We're not exposed to the other DJs that are out there. You know, I, back in the day, I used to go to like nightclubs in New York if I had an off night and I'd go check out the Hot 97 DJs. I'd go check out like Kid Capri, uh, Flex. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd see DJ Scribble. Um, and then eventually I started opening up for some of these guys and then I would just stick around and see what they would do and stuff. And even now, like I'm on YouTube, if I can find a new clip of one of these DJs just to see what they're doing, what they're rocking, what's songs are playing and stuff just to you know i guess uh get a little influence from them and see what direction i can take my music in like what's hot what's popping with the with the crowds these days you know um because the nightlife scene and like the wedding scene are com two completely different worlds so I, I still try to keep myself exposed to uh what's happening on the street and like what's happening in the nightlife scene um but yeah i mean like with with wedding djs like we're kind of in our own little box in our own little bubble within our own crews, right? So if we rock a party, we do a great job. It's our boys who are giving us props, right? But then you think you're the man, you think you're on top of the world, and you may not excel in your skills. You might just kind of think like, hey, you know what? I got the goods. I'm good enough. You know, we're that we're good. And I've seen that happening over and over again over the last few years with South Asian DJs. And, you know, after seeing this for so many years, I'm like, yo, something's got to change. So on Instagram, I put that out. I'm like, yo, um, you know, who'd be down for a South Asian open turntable night? Just randomly. I'm like, you know, let me just see, kind of plant that seed out there. Let, let's see where it goes, you know? So it, it was crazy. Like it was, I think it was an Instagram poll. I can't remember. I got to pull this up, but it was, the feedback was insane. Everybody's like, yo, do it, do it, do it. It's so dope. That'd be such a dope concept. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, clearly there's, there's interest. So me and uh, my business partner, Dershan, we started kind of brainstorming venue ideas as to, you know, where we, where could we possibly host this? So we did a few walkthroughs. You know, most of them were just not working out. Either it was just too expensive or uh, logistically it was a nightmare um, or there's just like too many restrictions, stuff like that. So, you know, we were like, hey, like none of these spots are working out. Like we're like, where else could we do? And we were in New Brunswick and we just happened to walk by Perlate nightclub. Now, if you know the history of Perlate nightclub, it used to be called platinum and Dershin used to throw parties at platinum back in the day, like a thousand people on a Tuesday night, you know, back to school, end of the semester, Thanksgiving break, winter break, so on and so forth. Right? Like he would be throwing parties there all the time. And it was a thousand people. So we had, uh, you know, he had a great relationship with the club already. So we're like, you know what? Why don't we just check it out? Like, why don't we just call the owner? And he got on the phone with the owner and he told her the concept and what we're trying to do. And they were totally on board. They're like, you know, you know what? Like, try it out. If it works out, great. And, you know, we can continue and get something going on every single month. So we did our first event in January. Um, and it was cool. We had about like maybe 50 to 60 people, not the greatest turnout, but what the amazing part was is that whoever came and showed up had an amazing time. And what really blew me away was the talent that rolled in, you know, like the, the talent that came into to that building that night was just insane. It was creative. It was different. And it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted DJs to get exposed to each other. Um, to different styles, different mixing techniques, scratching, 
um, being in that nightclub environment, you know, like we're like I said before, like a lot of us are mostly at weddings, right? So we're used to the same like 24 to 36 to 48 LEDs around the room, a couple of moving heads up by the stage, maybe some TVs and a square dance floor um, playing like the top 40 Bollywood and the top 40 American hip hop, right? So we're kind of stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, what I gave um, each DJ that night was a six minute slot. So within six minutes, show your best, do what you do best and just put on a show. And that's exactly what each and every, every single person did. They came in with like just guns blazing and they were ready to just rock out, you know, um, it was just, it was a party and you had like 14 DJs, but no songs were repeated. There was just nothing but positive energy. I mean, I told the crowd when we started the, the, the event, uh, that night that, Hey, every single DJ gets a round of applause. Cause we're trying to promote positivity with the event, right? Like there's a lot of unhealthy competition within our South Asian scene, right? A lot of DJs hate on, hate on each other. A lot of DJs don't want to support one another because of just, you know, self-interest and stuff like that. And granted, everybody's got to make their money. Everybody's got to put bread on the table, which is great. But do that in the wedding scene. Do it outside, like where it's in the nightlife scene or the wedding scene. But when you come here, it's all love. There's no cruise. There's no beef. There's no issues. Everybody's getting along and just enjoying music and enjoying the art of DJing. Just bringing it back to uh, just the purity of DJing. You know, like, why did we all start out? We all started out because we love DJing. We love rocking two turntables and a microphone and a mixer and just putting records together, manipulating music. I mean, you guys, you got, you know, you got guys now doing like tone play, tone mapping, which is basically taking a song, taking a few stems of the song and playing it like on a piano, like a piano almost. Right. So like they might take like one song and then take the melody of the next song, but play it on the first song. So if you have like, for example, um, you know, you have like Dr. Dre still DRE and you take those keys and then you can mix it into like, I don't know, like Eve, let me blow your mind, something like that, right? Like you play the keys of let me blow your mind on the Dr. Dre song in or and you use that as a tool to transition into let me blow your mind. You know, and, and like it's just creativity like that that sets a lot of DJs apart. And I got a chance to see that from some guys um, at this most recent one in February, which was awesome. Like, and when it happened, people were like, "Oh shit!" Like, that's dope. You know, and that's the thing. That's a, that's a lot of the stuff that you don't get to see when you're at a wedding because you know, when it comes to wedding DJing, it's a very um, specific style of DJing. You can't do certain things that you'd be able to do at a nightclub. Or just like, you know, on an Instagram feed or Instagram story or a post or whatever, you know. Um, so bringing all these South Asian DJs together and allowing them to be creative and do the things that they actually enjoy doing, right? Rather than just going song to song or scratching here and there to transition to the next song. Now they're like made doing live remixes. Like I, I, we had uh, DJ Anusha in the building. She was doing three songs. She was like 
kind of doing live remixes and it, it like everybody was like what the heck? like people some people didn't even notice that was happening but i was behind and i saw her computer screen i saw her pull up four decks on serato and she was mixing three songs at the same time and she was doing like a live remix to jolie kepiche and like people thought that was like a pre-recorded mashup but i'm like i got on the mic after i'm like yo you guys don't know this but she was doing that shit live like it's crazy you know like give it up for her and you know people were like what the hell like that's nuts you know and that's the kind of support and the encouragement we need in our scene. Like we need more DJs like that being creative and putting on a show. And what that's, what that's going to do is pretty much put pressure on other DJs to, you know, force them to get back in their rooms, in their basements, wherever they have their setup, start practicing, get better at this DJ stuff. Like don't just settle for, you know, basic mixing, like try not to use a sync button. You know, try to use more EQ mixing, try to use, you know, delay effects, try to do a live mashup, do some tone mapping, do do all these like different things. You know, technology is crazy right now. There's so much stuff you can do with the, the equipment that we have now that there's no reason for us not to be doing those things that we might see on a, at a DMC battle or Red Bull three style battle. There's no excuse for any of that. Like now with the technology that we have, we can do so much more with DJing that we couldn't do like 20 years ago when I first started. When I when I started 20 years ago, it was literally just vinyl for vinyl and maybe CDs. You know, if you didn't have the track on vinyl, you just played on a CD. But it was basic mixing. Like the mixers back then didn't have the effects that we have now on like a Pioneer S9 mixer or a DJM 900 or whatever mixer you're using, a rain mixer, you know, like, those things aren't around, those things weren't around back then, but they are now, so let's utilize those tools to our advantage to uplift our DJ culture and just make us all better, you know, like, a lot of guys kind of fall off and they get lazy just because, like, you know, they keep getting booked, and, you know, it's sad, but, like, a lot of clients are okay with that, a lot of clients don't know, maybe it's just because they're not educated enough to know what a good DJ is, but, you know, I, I'm not the type of guy to like settle for something like that, right? Like I'm a purist. I love DJing. I love skills. You know, I'm doing this 20 years now. Like I said, I keep repeating myself because I want you guys to know that even after 20 years, I'm still a student of the game, right? I'm still practicing in my basement and I do a monthly podcast, right? And the reason I do a monthly podcast is a, yeah, promotion, all that good stuff, but B, it keeps me sharp. You know, it, it I, I stay on top of my music. I'm constantly mixing. I'm constantly working on my scratching. So, you know, if you listen to my first podcast, uh, you know, from January 2017, it was only like a 30 minute mix and the mixing was good, but like it wasn't, the format was very sloppy. I didn't know what I was doing and I was just kind of like diving in head first without really understanding like what a podcast is. And then over the months, like I started realizing like, hey, people like this, people like that. And that ended up reflecting on like what I do on the dance floor when I when I DJ my weddings and I do these nightclub events sometimes like it just completely changed the style of my DJing. Even my mixing has gotten better. Um, so, you know, like practice makes perfect. And, you know, again, 20 years after, you know, 20 years later, I'm still a student of the game. I'm still practicing. I'm still doing all these things. And then I see kids, you know, rocking these weddings and putting up Instagram stories and stuff. And I'm just like, yo where's the skill what are you guys doing like this is not my scene this is not what my my south asian community should be represent like this is not us you know we're so much better we're so so talented you know i mean if you want to make a parallel 
look at Bollywood movies. Look at like just listen to the music coming out. These guys are making remakes of stuff from the 90s. Why was the stuff so good in the 90s? Because it was innovative. It was new. It was fresh. And all the stuff that happened in the 2000s was kind of like, a, I guess, the, the, the riding the momentum from the 90s. Like, all that stuff was just kind of carrying over. And then once we hit, like, the 2010s, it was just, like, EDM, just trash, garbage, Bollywood music over and over and over again. And now there's just so much music out there now that they're running out of, like, fresh ideas. So now they're just remaking stuff, right? It, it's kind of the same thing as what's happening with DJs, you know, like, DJs in the 90s would make remix CDs. So they got creative in the studio and started putting out CDs. And then, you know, that would kind of reflect on what would happen on the dance floor. You know, they're they're now incorporating more indie music into their sets, mixing with hip hop, reggae, house music, everything. And then that momentum kind of carried over into, um, you know, the 2000s. And then by like 2007, 2008, the, the whole Daisy party scene just died out. And then everybody turned into a wedding DJ. And what ended up happening there was people stopped making remixes. People stopped putting out CDs. People stopped touring across the country for clubs. And the whole, you know, just the idea of being a creative DJ just dwindled down to absolutely nothing. And, you know, last year I just got so sick of it. I mean, me and my guys and my premiere crew are just like, yo, like, what the hell is going on? Like, like why are people not practicing anymore like why why are people not you know stepping to the to the next level of DJing like why are people content with being sloppy scratchers and sloppy you know mixing DJs like no like things should be clean you know like everybody should be dope like we should be on the you know doing the craziest parties like all over the world but the problem is that the skill level has lacked so much in recent years that it's kind of like preventing us from taking that next step forward you know like if you listen to like these hot 97 guys if you listen to like you know the big vegas djs miami djs the you know big new york city club djs uh just rocking events every single weekend you you actually listen they still have talent they still have skill yeah granted like it might be a lot of like fluff with like you know their social media posts and everything but you know what when you go and listen to them they still have a clean performance and that's the difference that I see between them and what the South Asian community has. And there are a lot of a lot of talented DJs in the South Asian community, but the problem is that there's not a lot, not enough exposure for them. So Turntable Talk is that platform that we're trying to build for everybody, right? It's it's to expose DJs to other DJs, to educate, to inspire, and to unify. That that I keep preaching that over and over again is to educate, inspire, and unify. And if we do that and everybody's on board with this movement, our community is going to grow. And the goal is to basically have mainstream media start paying attention to us, you know, get it to a point where they have no choice but to include us on their roster of DJs, have scam artists, have South Asian DJs on there, Um, like have Vegas headlining South Asian guys like. There's no reason for us not to be in those spaces at this point. We've been around just as long as some of these Latin DJs, and it's it's our time, you know. It, it, it's 2019. It's it's the year for us to step up to the to the next level and become better as a community. And if we collaborate, 
we cut the hate and we unify and we just practice, practice, practice. We all get better at DJing and, you know, we just have everybody giving each other props and just being positive. That's what's going to uplift us into the next, you know, next decade where we're doing the craziest things. We're doing Grammy after parties. We're DJing for celebrities. We're doing stadium events. We're doing all this crazy stuff. And, um, and it's, it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing when it happens. So that's pretty much what turntable talk is. And, um, to break down the actual event itself, what we're going to be doing in the next few months is we're going to be inviting a guest DJ to talk about their history and talk about the things that they've done outside of the South Asian scene. Because, you know, like I said, like we're a lot, all, all of us, most of us are wedding DJs and we kind of stick to that box. We, we don't really branch out too often. There's a few of us who do, but majority of us are wedding DJs. So I'm trying to bring in DJs who, you know, they do the wedding stuff, but they've also branched out. They've done, you know, the Vegas nightclubs. They've toured with artists around the world. They've done all these different things, but yet they can still relate to you because they're wedding DJs as well. They, they still rock weddings, but that's not their only bread and butter. They got this whole other thing going on that you guys don't even know about. And if you do know about it, then, you know, you can talk to them in person and ask them questions and, you know, and that, that's exactly what we do. We, we're we're going to be doing Q&As with people, um, all the guest DJs. And then, you know, we're also going to be showcasing a DJ with the opening spot. And the reason we're doing an opening spot is because opening a room is a talent in itself. Like you can play all the bangers. You can play all the peak hour tracks all you want. But if you know how to open up a room without playing all those things, if you know how to be creative and different, um, with an opening set that is going to set you apart from everybody else because opening a room is not as easy as it sounds setting the tone realizing that people are coming in initially for the first hour for a drink conversation and just trying to get into the the groove of things and and you're the guy behind the guy or girl behind the deck trying to set that mood and establish that feeling in the room of like hey you know what this is going to be a good night. This is going to be a fun night. You know what? Let's grab a drink. Let's chill. The music's dope. The opening DJ is playing some good shit right now. I'm I'm ready for this, you know? And that's what our opening DJs are are there to do. They're they're there to make sure that you guys are going to have a great time and you guys are going to enjoy the music. So they set the mood, they set the tone. So the opening DJ is not like a belittling uh, position to be in. It is actually a very um, esteemed position to be in because it is not easy to do something like that. To open up a room is very hard. I did it for so many years. When I first started DJing, I'd open up like hundreds of parties. And I learned how to restrict myself and open up my mind to other music that like is still dope, but is not going to step on the next DJ's toes. And it makes you a more creative, more diverse DJ. And it's it's something that everybody should um, practice and focus on at some point in their career. And for the music lovers, um, this is to educate you guys as well, because a lot of times um, South Asian DJs have like this, uh, this bad reputation of being, you know, press play push button DJs. Whereas that's not really factual. Like there's a lot of DJs out there that are rocking turntables that know how to scratch, that know how to do tricks. 
They know how to do um, doubles, which are basically mixing or taking two records and like looping a segment of the beat over and over and over again without using the computer. Like they're just spinning the record backwards to a certain point where they, you know, let it go. And it just sounds like a continuous loop uh, of the of the, the song. You know, like there's there's certain things that South Asian DJs do that they can't do at weddings, but they know how to do like myself. Like I know how to scratch. I can do beat juggles. I can do stuff like that. But I'm you don't you're not going to see me doing a lot of it at weddings because you just can't do those things. It's, it's, it's a party. So for music lovers out there, this is also educational for you. And it's to expose you to South Asian DJs that do things other than just weddings. So, you know, I encourage everybody to come out. We do this for charity. Um, January, we donated money to the American Diabetes Association. February is American Heart Association. Um, next month, uh, we're going to release the charity and uh, let everybody know what that's going to be. Um, we have a guest speaker coming in, the the one and only legendary New York's finest, Jay Dobby. He's going to be speaking about his past, present, and future. And we're going to have him do a set. And then we're going to have a whole bunch of other DJs coming on to rock out. It's going to be a good night. And... Um, we hope to see you guys there. Follow me at DJ Insomnia on Instagram as well as the Turntable Talk Instagram page at Turntable Talk USA. Um, if you're an organization or a company that wants to get down and involved and sponsor the event, hit me up, shoot me a message. We'll talk. Um, I want to get our community involved and I, you know, just spread the word of unity, uh, inspiration, and education to everybody about what we do as South Asian DJs. That's about it for now. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and stay tuned. Um, hey, if music gets better in the month of February, I might just drop a mix. So till next time, see you soon. Peace.